1: I tell you what, I surely am a blessed man. I have the wonderful opportunity to sit here every week in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff, and part of my weekly blessing is my good friend Tom Dorian. Tom, how the heck are you?
2: I'm great. Now that I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth, it is it is indeed luxurious.
1: Tom, you know, uh, you were telling me the other day that your kids have been letting you know that uh, that I haven't been treating you with great with great respect. You've been
2: making fun of me, Deej. You know what? I apologize. We I all make love up for you, That. Uh, So,
1: in honor of you, the Uh Catholic Cafe this week Uh is going to name a sandwich after you. Excellent! It's the Dorian. The Dorian, a hoagie, I'm sure. Well, actually, it's a bologna sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you're looking for bologna, ask for the Dorian. I think
2: the only reason why they uh, named it the Dorian is because they can't spell Drzewinski. That's then. That's probably true. It's why it's good
1: to have that kind of a last name. So, enough about that. What's on the menu today? Right? I can't wait. Blue blue Plate Special. That's right. Blue Plate Special today is we're talking about the Catholic understanding of faith and works. Uh, Some Christians think all you need is faith and that Catholics think that all you need is works. Of course, we know this is not to be true. Not true. That's right. So we have asked Father John MacArthur, a priest for the Diocese of Memphis, to join us to help elaborate and explain the Catholic teaching on the intertwined roles that faith and works play in our salvation Father, have a seat in the luxurious corner booth and join us.
2: Welcome, Father. Welcome to the Catholic
3: Cafe. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. We're going to get Bridget over
2: here for uh, a cup of uh, your favorite. What's on your mind?
3: I'll just have the regular coffee black, and I may try one of the Dorians later. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wonderful.
3: All right.
1: Well, Father, let's get right into it. Uh, First of all, I'm I'm sure the folks, all seven of the people listening at home are wondering, can Catholics work their way into heaven? What What are our thoughts about that?
3: Well, certainly not. Uh, faith and salvation are tied into gifts from God himself. And we believe that we are saved, go to heaven, because of the grace and the gift of God for eternal life. And our faith is a response to that. And it's a gift that we receive from God. And then from that, through the love that we have and the care, we show that love and live our lives fully. So it's not a matter of if I do this and do that, I get to heaven. It's a gift from God, and we respond to that with the faith that we have and the way we live and serve and care about other people in our lives. But certainly Catholics are known to do a lot of things.
1: Catholics will will, will pray a rosary. Uh, they'll pray many rosaries and do novenas, and uh, they'll offer things up for different occasions, different causes, different, uh, different folks. And are these not ways that we,
3: uh, we work our way into heaven? well they don't work our way into heaven They're responses in ways that we try to help and develop our own spiritual life the rosary for example is a sacramental where we reflect upon the passion death and resurrection of jesus the life fidelity of mary it enhances our spiritual life deepens that faith that we have as we live in the life of jesus and calls us forth to serve to sacrifice to be people of work if you will from the faith that we have and the life that we have in jesus christ Absolutely, and I, I already knew that answer, but I was asking for Tom's for Tom's benefit. And and and, and no truthfully, for you.
1: that's right. And truthfully, uh, the Catholic Church does teach that faith is an absolute prerequisite to all of these these works. In fact, I'll quote from the Catechism, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in sections one sixty one and one sixty two. Uh, this is an excerpt: Believing in Jesus Christ and in the One who sent Him for our salvation is necessary for obtaining that salvation. Therefore, without faith, no one has ever attained justification. Faith is an entirely free gift that God
3: makes to man. That's exactly right, Deacon Jeff. And a lot of times there's uh, misconceptions about the Catholic faith that we believe that the doctrine for us is only by works are we saved. And they call that the false doctrine, which is true if that's what we believe. But we do not. We believe in faith is justification. We have to believe that, but we also respond in the way we live our lives is not just saying I believe something, but it's the way we live out our lives and we respond to that through the the love that we have for God and other people and we live that out in a complete way in the kingdom of God here on earth. Well let's talk a little bit about what um what typically is levied against the the Catholic
1: teaching on faith and works. And usually what we hear is that it's faith alone or
3: uh, back in the 1500s, in the Latin, it was sola fide. Sola fide, that's right. And uh, th- there's tons of scripture that you would tell us that we're saved by faith, and we believe that. We accept the Bible, of course, as the inerrant word of God, and we treasure that. But there's also tons and tons of scripture passages that also tells us it's the works that we do. Uh, a great example is 1 Corinthians. We talk about faith, the power of faith. We hear this uh, at weddings so often if I have faith enough to move mountains, if I have that power, that's great, powerful faith. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. And it calls us to the sense the greatest of these is love. So that's that's living out something. That's acts. That's works that we would do the way we serve people. So it's not just faith, but faith in action.
1: In fact, one of the uh, one of the scriptures we hear all the time uh, quoted to us is uh, from Ephesians chapter two, and uh, that is of course, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, and, of course, we're saved through Christ alone. Uh, and we, we, of course, agree wholeheartedly with Ephesians. Exactly. Uh, and and interestingly, when you read Ephesians, and if you read on to the next verse. next verse,
3: verse it tells you that it's the good deeds that we do, the works exactly that
1: That's exactly right. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which Christ prepared beforehand. That we should walk in them.
3: And someone once described that, saying, Well, St. Paul says right here that it's faith. And they said, But if he said that, then you have to read the next verse. Didn't he also write that, that it's also good deeds and works that we do? So it's both hand in hand. It's not either or. So, in so many of the Catholic doctrines that we'll be talking about
1: in this radio program, in so many of them, you can take one particular verse, and then there's a sort of a seeming contradiction, you know, in maybe another verse, and really, it's not looking at one verse or a few verses it's looking at all the verses
3: the looking context. at everything
1: and taking everything into into consideration to really to paint that that picture of what the catholic faith is
3: that's exactly right and uh, for example the the only place and that doctrine you said since the 1500s was sola fide faith alone and only once in the bible does it say faith alone and that's when it says we're not saved by faith alone so you can you know take that as uh, the and that, of course
1: you're 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 quoting james 2:24 right, you see justice. that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone by faith alone is right so again we don't believe that that it is only in works that we are justified nor do we believe that it is only in faith It's in faith and works.
3: Primarily we're saved by the grace of God, and we have the gift of faith, that grace, and we live that out. So faith and works working together, uh, living the response to God's call in our lives, yeah. So um,
1: faith obviously involves – let's talk about the kind of faith that we're talking about here. Uh, Faith, it's not merely just an act of belief or believing. I mean, you know, a mental process to have faith. Faith can also be – it can also be doing – that's the way we see faith do we not father
3: it is i think one passage that today just kind of thinking about coming here to the cafe what uh, we might be talking about but the it's it ties into eternal life that's what faith is for to be saved and the the rich man came to jesus said what do i have to do good lord to uh be saved he said you call me lord what are the commandments what do you believe he listed the commandments and he said okay I've kept those. He said, you must do one more thing to be saved. That's to, to get rid of that wealth. And he couldn't do that. That And that excluded salvation for that man in the sense he went away unhappy. So it's he believed the things that were necessary, but to take that step to do what was really necessary that God called him to do, he couldn't do.
1: Well, we read also in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the Word of God, which is at work in you believers. So there's faith working again.
3: There we are, and you're responding to it, and you're saying, this is what I believe, and now how do I take that into my daily life? And then, of course, we also know that faith
1: also involves obedience. Uh, St. Uh, Paul is talking to the Romans. Uh, in chapter 1, Paul is talking about Jesus, and he says, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith, for the sake of his name among all the nations. Then again in chapter 16, Paul is talking about the revelation of God. He says, it's now disclosed and through the prophetic writings is made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. Again, obedience... You can infer means to do something. It's being active and participating in the in the call of God. That's right. And then, of course, the famous scripture that we that we quote all the time as Catholics, we love this uh, this letter to the Galatians that Paul writes, and he says in Galatians five, "For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love." Working through
3: love. Well, that's right. And you find that all through the scriptures, you'll find the call that we have to believe. But then who are we and what are we supposed to do with that faith? Because the passage, and I often use it in a a wedding, a couple use that choice, uh, Matthew 7. Uh, One time I asked them, why did you choose this? It's the one where he says, none of those who cry, Lord, Lord, will be saved, but those who do the will of my father. And the will of my father is to receive the word and to build your life on a foundation that's solid like a rock. That person said, that's what I want my marriage to be, not just to believe this commitment, but to live it out, to build it, to do, to be a person making this marriage into a very sacred sign as it's called to be in the church. That's beautiful, Father. That's wonderful. Um, We will come
1: back and we'll have some more on faith and works uh, right after our break. But before we do that... I just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone that you can visit us on the web at www.thecatholiccafe.com. We encourage you not to go to Catholiccafe.com unless you're looking for a, a good date, if you want to meet a good Catholic girl. Catholic. Cafe.com is a uh, dating website. There's a plug for them. That's right. Well, we're just trying to make sure that people don't go there instead and expect to find The Catholic Cafe. So if you go to TheCatholicCafe.com, you'll find us. And you can listen or download this show as well as all of our past shows, and you can set up some podcasting, Tom, which I know you like to do yourself. Sure. Yeah, right. You don't do that. (laughs) You'll also find lots of helpful links to several good Catholic resources on the web to help you on your journey. And we invite you to contact us on the web with questions, comments, or topic suggestions. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can do so at Deacon Jeff at the Catholic And with that, Tom and I will be right back with Father John MacArthur in just a moment. Stay with us.
4: I'm Bester Strasimski. And this is another great moment in church history. Few people exemplify the gift of faith working through love more than Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. Known to the world as Mother Teresa, her tiny, frail body wrapped in her customary white habit with blue trim, she was a veritable powerhouse of service in God's love. She dedicated her life and mission to the assistance of not merely those on the fringes of society, but the battered, the broken, the destitute, the dying, and the poorest of the poor. She offered her very life as a work of mercy and understood the value of serving the poor in God's kingdom on earth. She said, At the end of our lives, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received, how much money we have made, or how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity in the 1950s, opening the first Home for the Dying in Calcutta in 1952. Today the Sisters of Her Order, numbering in the thousands, are scattered around the globe in nearly 500 places of hope and healing for AIDS victims, homeless persons, battered wives orphans, and many, many others unwanted by society. Mother Teresa was a tireless fighter for the unborn. When asked whether her time would be better spent assisting those in poverty instead of the victims of abortion, she said, It is a poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. And she was not afraid to speak her mind when she felt her mind was on things of God. At a national prayer breakfast for the House and Senate in Washington she spoke out against the horrors of abortion. She said, "'Please don't kill the child. I want the child. Give the child to me.'" Mother Teresa was a beacon of light in a world darkened by sin, hatred, and division. Her works of love, compassion, and mercy served as a constant example of what is possible when we remember why we must serve others. She said, like Jesus, we belong to the world, living not for ourselves, but for others. The joy of our Lord is our strength. Mother Teresa went home to God September 5, 1997, and was beatified as a servant of God and pronounced blessed by the Church in union with Pope John Paul II in October of 2003. I'm Bester Zimski and this is another great moment in Church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back at the Catholic Cafe in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. I'm joined
2: here, of course, with Tom. Tom, you doing all right? I'm good. Could go for some more coffee. Why don't you work on that? I'll, I'll get Bridget over here. Yeah, that's i that, I'm going to get her uh, working on your Dorian. By the way, your Dorian sandwich.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that. Father, are you all right? I'm doing fine, thank you. And we're
1: we're joined, of course, by uh, Father John MacArthur. So, Father John, uh, when we last left, we were talking about the importance of faith uh, and the Catholic understanding of faith and what that meant, uh, and then also the fact that faith and works work work hand in hand together. Uh, to help us to get to our our goal of salvation, to live eternally with God, let's talk specifically about works now. In terms of uh, were our works actually condemned by by Saint Paul? Here's here's uh, some great scripture verses: uh, Romans chapter three, verse twenty: "For no human being will be justified in His sight by works of the law, since through the law comes knowledge of sin." And to the Galatians in chapter two, he writes, "We ourselves." Who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet who know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And later he says in chapter 3, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be one who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them.
3: So is Paul telling us that works are worthless? Paul is speaking here specifically, Dig and Jeff, about the the laws of the Jewish people, many of which are about sacrifice, uh, rituals that they were to participate in. And just by participating and following 600-plus laws that the Jewish people had is not the means to salvation. In other words, I can do X, Y, and Z, therefore I'm saved. But it's, first of all, the faith that he's telling we have to have in the person of Jesus All of that, living out the laws, is very important, but it's not doing that that brings salvation. That is just an external expression of what we are inwardly. The work he would later speak about, Paul would would also be work in terms of bringing Christ to other people, following Christ, sacrificing, taking up the cross, giving our lives in service, and not being a person of just the law. And you can look at the Catholic Church, for example. We do have a lot of uh, external rituals that are very rich and powerful. We could say, I go to Mass, I say the Rosary during the Lenten season, I do the Stations of the Cross, therefore I'm saved. If we've not truly and committed ourselves in our heart to Jesus Christ, believed in Him, and followed that by the way we live our lives in love and service, sacrifice, taking up our cross, all of those other things are just empty ritual. And we find that in ourselves sometimes. We, I do this, I do that. And all we are is prisoners of the law. We're prisoner of the ritual of the Catholic faith, in the same way that Abraham would have been, in that context that Paul's speaking about. It's kind of the
2: spirit of the law versus the
3: letter exactly. of the law. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. We, it's just not an external. It's it's who we are inside and what why we're doing something, what it leads us to. But I think I spoke earlier about, for example, the rosary. If I say the rosary, it's a beautiful, beautiful prayer, and it's an external ritual that we are so rich with. But if it doesn't transform me to reflect upon who Christ is and the mysteries of his life and death and Mary's faith and openness, then it's just an empty prayer. And if I say I did that, that doesn't make me better or holy, but it's the way I commit myself and I open my heart to that power and grace of God. Well, and so you're saying that if this is not some kind of holy to-do list,
1: that as long as we, if we can get like, if we have 10 things on our list and we get seven of them, we go to heaven. Exactly. That's And that sometimes we fall prey to that, that trap easily. Well, in fact, uh, Paul does tell the Romans in chapter 2, he says, For he will render to every man according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are factious and do not obey the truth but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. So Paul is not
3: telling you that works are bad. No. In fact, he said, be not just hearers but doers of the word in another place. But... Again, it's not to say works is just some kind of an external thing that we do as a religion. It's something that we participate in, but not who we are and, and living out the word. Well, why, why has it? Why have we
2: been? I guess, I guess uh, boxed into people's beliefs that we're we're we are a religion of works, or how did that happen? Is is that a good question?
3: It's a very good question. I, I often have often wondered if it's not almost a semantic thing because. Uh, even those who say it's faith alone, they would tell you, well, I I respond because I believe in Jesus so much that I'm going to do the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm going to live the life out. But then they look to the Catholics and say, well, all they are is people that do the work." Well, that's not what we believe. It became that distinction in history, I think, that we believe in faith. Y'all believe only in works. That's a false doctrine. And that's not what we believe. It became part of through the Reformation, and it just became a part of the culture, a tradition of the Protestant tradition. And it's passed on, and, and it's it's something that's believed, and and it's an, an attack sometimes unfair against the Catholic faith. And a lot of Catholics sit there and believe, well, is that what we believe, and why and why do they believe? A lot of people leave the church because they're convinced that they're living the wrong way because somebody else has told them that you don't believe in faith. And that's not what who we are or what we believe, so... It, it's been a controversy for four or five hundred years exactly. And, of course, even the faith alone doctrine requires works to demonstrate to others that it's genuine faith. Yeah. And I think it, uh, you can relate it to the to the virtue of love. I can say I love my wife and my children. Like I can say I believe in Jesus Christ, but if I'm not coming home, if I'm not spending time, if I'm not communicating, if I'm... Uh, totally disregarding their feelings and emotions and times i don't really love that person any more than i really believe something if i'm not living it out in other words faith and action a faith and works
2: and you haven't demonstrated exactly
3: now we've talked a lot about what saint paul
1: has said uh but also i think jesus himself on many occasions has discussed the the importance of of uh of good works as a part of your salvation as a part of your faith uh in fact in john chapter 15 uh, he, he tells us to sort of stay the course with him by abiding in him, to, uh, to keep him in faith. But at the same time, we're supposed to be working uh, uh, with him in our lives. He says in John 15, "...abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him..." He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So he's, he's talking about bearing fruit,
3: about these works, about this outward sign of this inward love that we have. And that's exactly what the church is. You and I are Christ among us in the world. And so as Christ loved and served and cared, and our unity to him, abiding with him, and he and us, we go forth and do as he did, care for people, love them, forgive them, serve them, meet their needs, listen to them, build that sense of community and and be open to the grace and power of god within also christ makes a
1: wonderful illustration of good works and their role in salvation as well when he's talking about the separating the goats Uh, matthew 25 that's right matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 46 and uh, i don't want to read all of that but he basically says and this is an excerpt version when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me and they asked when they had done this and of course that's when he makes the famous remark and the king will answer them truly i say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it for me
3: so christ is talking about doing again right and if we go back to the very original thought that we brought came to the cafe with today is how are we saved by faith or works or faith and works and here's salvation in the sense jesus saying this is what it is it's based on the works that you've done certainly because of the faith that you've had in me he doesn't say come into the kingdom because you made an altar call or because you went to confession or because you made a novena or a rosary come into the kingdom because you did something for me you served me in the sick the poor the homeless the imprisoned you saw me and you saw a need in the in the body of christ and you met that need and that's why a person is saved, and so much uh, of our lives is, is trying to work out salvation on our own particular way, and uh, me and God, where it's also, it should be me and other people in the way that I can serve them and find Christ in those people. So that's, it's faith and work together.
1: And, of course, the last thing that I wanted to sort of focus on was that, you know, going back to St. Paul. You know, he does make that mention in uh, to the, his letter to the Colossians when he's talking about, in chapter 1, he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. This is an extremely important passage when you're talking about faith and works. I mean, this is talking about Paul feels that he's required to do something. That's right. He can't just sit idly by
3: and watch it happen. And Jesus said that, deny yourself, be active, take up that cross daily, follow me, and you complete that. Father, thank you so much for spending time with
1: us here at the Catholic Cafe. We hope you can join us again real soon. I know uh, we have lots more to cover on this and many other topics, right, Tom? Oh, yeah. And will you join us again it's in the Luxurious? It's been a great pleasure. I'd love w- to. Thank you very wonderful. much. All right, so we'll see you at the Luxurious Corner booth again soon, I'm sure. Uh, and, Tom, your face seems to be glowing with a newfound wisdom. I'm always glowing when I'm around you, Deej. (laughs) I understand. All right, well, so let's uh, let's go ahead and close as we always do in prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that you truly love us. We know this because you sent your only son as payment, payment in full for the sins which we have committed through our own selfishness. And all you ask, Lord, is that we return that love to you by believing that Jesus is the way and by following in his footsteps by offering ourselves in Christian love to others. Help us to not sit idly by when so much work is to be done and give us the strength and perseverance to do your will. We ask you to grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
4: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff...